Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. I am on one today. I am sorry. I am just on one. I don't know what it is. Uh, I was telling I was telling all the servants this morning at our huddle. I said I'm on one, and I said not because the 49ers are predestined to win. I'm not. I'm just saying. But praise God. Come on, come on, somebody. She's just praising the Lord. The Lord. She is praising the Lord. <laughs> praise God. But no, I'm just excited at the fact that I woke up this morning. See, a couple of you guys just take it granted, take for granted. I don't know about you. I was laying in the hospital bed. I couldn't walk. I couldn't really breathe on my own. I wasn't able to see my kids. But I woke up this morning in my own bed with breath in my lungs, the activity of my limbs. I was able to stand up and get... Thank you, Jesus. I, I didn't feel good physically. I just to be honest with you, I'm shaky today. My medication is, is doing its thing. But I said, you know what? Things could be worse. Thank you, Jesus. See, where's my sister? I'm sorry. My sister in the back. Sister in the back. I watched her worship today and, and, and praise God. She, she comes in with the walker and, you know, it, it's something that, that assists her in her work. But there was something that I watched her do today. I, I, she, she, she walked up with, with her... <laughs> with her, her walker, and all of a sudden it looked like the walker just left out of the way. And she wouldn't let her condition keep her from praising God. I wish some of y'all would turn around and look at the miracle. She's going through all kinds of things. You're going through all kinds of stuff, and you want to sit on your praise. Come, somebody help me out. I've been through too much to not give God glory. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm in a terrible situation. Yes, I got circumstances and all kinds of things happening in my life, but God still gets the glory. Praise God. We've been talking about uh, 21 days during our 21 days of fasting. We've been talking about the goodness of God. And it's just been on my heart. And some people, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to help you guys out. A lot of people just get traditionally do 21 days of fasting and praise God you probably don't usually get much out of it I'll just be honest with you because usually it's just like a 21 day fast at the beginning of the year oh yes a diet thank you but for what ends up happening for for me during this time and I and I fast throughout the year but there was something different this year for me you know, everybody's talking about, oh, man, I'm fasting because God, I want God to give me a break in, in, on my bill payments. And God, I'm fasting. And see, what we do is we do like the heathen does. Or we do like the, 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 the pagans do. Pagans like to cut themselves and, and start fasting, go on a hunger strike to get God to do something for you. But that's not the thing. What we do as Christians, what we do is we fast so we can get on God's plan. Not trying to get God on our plan. 
Amen. Now, listen, I know the game is on. There's a game on right now. And I'm just, I just, <laughs> I'm be, I might be long if you guys don't amen me a lot today, okay? I'm just trying to tell you. You be like, amen, Pastor. Mm, come on, preach now, preach. Hallelujah. Praise him. <laughs> praise God. But you guys know after three weeks of, of uh, fasting, praise God. God has shown us many different things, and, 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 and this being my third week since I've been back on the altar, praise God. <laughs> praise God. I'm, I'm being honest with you, just it's every week it is a different experience. It's, it's still kind of anxious. I still get this anxious feeling, but, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do as a man of God. You just got to move forward and get it done. I, sometimes I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like studying. I don't feel like, like, I, I, I wish I could call in, but guess what? I can't call in. It's, this is God's house, and he's designed me to be in this place, and I, I got to do it either way. I'm, 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 hopefully, I'm talking to some servants here, because it ain't just the pastor. It's, sometimes it's just folks, you know, but, you know, it's, it's weekend, and, and I don't feel like coming to church, and I don't feel, you know, I understand it, but, you know, you're here to serve other people, not have people come serve you. I, that's, can, can we get some of the me out of church? Hmm. But don't get me wrong, you guys, with all this time of preaching and everything else, um, I've kept on the altar. I've, I've, I've kept on the altar. Sometimes I come in here and when there's nobody in here and I just, I'm, I'm just thankful to God for an altar. We, we've turned this into a stage. and It breaks my heart. Because I like, I like the lights. I like all this stuff. It's great. It's good for the eye. I understand it. But at the end of the day, people come up to the altar to sacrifice things. They sacrifice, they, they put down their troubles and their burdens and their issues that need tissues. And they do all these different things right here at the altar. At the altar is where you give your life to Christ. At the altar is where you get married. It's at the altar where you said, I'm going to be a part of God's child. It's at the altar is, is when you, you, you came as a young and you were dead. I mean, a young baby and you were dedicated at the altar. And then guess what? At the altar is the same place where we are going to eulogize you at the altar. We can't make this a stage. It, we can't make this a state. The Bible says, God said, that the fires of the, the altar should never go out. But we got to bring the fire to the altar. It's not even my message. But I told you before I started, I'm on one. Praise God. I will, I will keep continuing to call upon him that does exceedingly abundantly more than I can ask or even think according to power, uh, the power of Jesus Christ that works within us. Now, saints of God, I'm going to let you guys know something. I have a lot. I have had a lot of hurdles to step over and jump over during this time. But these hurdles are nothing compared to the grace of God that's been over my life. Not just my life, but my wife's life, my family's life our ministry's lives, and our community. I thank God for grace. <laughs> Gracias por tu gracia, Señor. Gracias. Thank you, Lord. Tu gracia es suficiente. His grace is sufficient. Amazing grace. 
I wish Tira, I, I wish I knew the song. I, 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 I'd sing it, but I can't sing. You guys know I can't sing. <laughs> yeah, let the, let the Lord use that. Okay, hallelujah. I just heard Jesus. That was Jesus. He sounds just like you, honey. <laughs> Amazing grace. <laughs> How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. So you guys don't even understand. I, I, I've been blind before. I ain't talking about spiritually. I know what it's like to be blind. I woke up in the, after the first stroke. I woke up on the second stroke blind. And I said, God, okay. But I know what it's like to lose sight, to lose vision. And when you don't have sight and you don't have vision, you don't know where you're going. And sometimes the, the spirit of God has to come and open up your eyes and take the, 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 the scales off your eyes so you can see where you're going. Praise God. But with all this, these things that have happened to me in my life, all these issues that I have, I have people to pastor. I have a church to run. I have a wife who needs a husband. Grandchildren that need, I mean, children that need their father and grandchildren that need their tata. Amen. With all these things in my life that I have to look after, I have to remember the assignment of God that's on my life. This assignment God has given me supersedes all the assignments that I have. There, I have. I have titles. And my titles are, yes, husband, father, tata, pastor. I have those. But they don't compare to the title that I got as child of God. Now, some of you guys have heard my testimony about the, when I was dreaming. I don't know if I was dreaming or if I was in the spirit. I don't know what's happened. This is when I was at the hospital. I don't know if it was a point where I remember I turned around and looking at my mom and she, she remembers and my wife. Actually, looking at this, there's, there's three, three women in my life that mean the most to me, and, it, and there's, these are three generations, my mother, my wife, and my daughter. My daughter wasn't there, but I just, it just, thank you guys. Just, it just hit me. So thank you so much, both of you guys. Anyway, back to it. I just had a moment there. Okay. But in my, in my testimony, I remember laying there looking at my mom and looking at, at uh, Kai, and I said, don't let me go to sleep. Don't let me sleep. Because I was afraid. I said, if I go to sleep, I'm not going to wake back up. I remember that. But when that happened, I remember all of a sudden just being in a room. And when I told you the testimony when I was in the room and I saw the, the 24 elders and I saw the angels and I couldn't look up at Christ, but I knew I was in the throne room of God and, and, and I was looking and I saw that the, the, the uh, angels were prostrate. I mean, the angels were running around, but the, the elders were laying prostrate. They were worshiping. They, kept, they, were, they had fell on their face and they were leaning towards the, the altar of God and, and I could hear them and then I could hear the Lord saying, it was funny, but because right when the Lord's, uh, voice, I could hear his voice, the echoes, the echoes were coming and it was being echoed by the angels. And this is what was said. You can have my heart. That's what the Lord was saying to me. He said, you can have my heart. And this is when I needed a heart. Amen. You guys know that whole, that, that whole analogy about that. He's, he's got a cold heart. He was cold hearted. 
Well, God said, no, I'm going to give you a heart. He says, but everybody's looking for a heart. I was looking for a heart from somebody else. And God said, don't worry about the, the natural heart. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. But subsequently, after I heard and had all this dream, I could tell you about it some other time. But subsequently, I understood what the Lord was saying to me. He said this. People are trying to give me their heart, but their hearts are desperately wicked. I will put a new spirit within them and take the stony heart of of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. See, Psalms 37 and 4 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Have you guys, anybody's got to have their desires? They're like, Lord, there's some desires that I want. There's some things that I want. You got, anybody ever had that? Yeah, because there's some things right now that you, you've been praying for and praying for and you've been, been asking the Lord for. But, but let, me, let me help you out with this. When you give your heart to God, he will give you his heart. And when you give God, when, when you have God's heart, you can pray and God will give you the, the desires of your heart. Because you now have a new heart that lines up with God's heart. This is the thing, because if you have God's heart, your desires will be what God's desires are. Not your desires, but God's desires. Amen. Psalms 10 and 17 says this, Lord, you have heard the desires of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear. I could stay in this because it sounds just like, okay, yeah, but this is very deep. This is very meaty uh, scripture here. It says, Lord, you have heard the desires of the humble. See, a lot of us will give up a whole bunch of desires that we have. I want a wife. I want a husband. I want a house. I want a car. I want this. I want that. But see, are, are you praying your desires or are you praying God's desires? Come on and help me, somebody. But see, God doesn't hear those prayers. He hears what? The humble, because just in through that whole thing, you know what it was? I, I, I. This is what it, this is what translates. If you were sitting here praying, a lot of times this is what he hears: I, 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 and I, and I, I. Did no? This ain't about I. God says you wanted to pray according to my word because my word is what my desire is. And when you sit down, God hears the humble. He hears the humble. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face once in a while, daily, then I will hear. Then I will hear. Do you guys understand this now? See, some of your prayers ain't being answered because guess what? I, I, I. I, I, I. But when you humble yourself, God says, guess what? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will raise you up in due season. Oh, man. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Thank you. Amen. Amen. We got about another 45 minutes. Yes. Hallelujah. But listen, I'm here to tell you today, but the assignment that God has given me through this whole time, the assignment that God has given me is this, it, that all men, did I say all men? 
that all men shall repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, and they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is the mission that God has given me. By the way, that's Acts chapter 2 and 38. My assignment, or better yet, my mission requires hard times and suffering. How many people like to suffer? Exactly. Nobody signs up for the suffering class. Am I right? If I, if I sat here right now and said, okay, hey, today we have um, suffering class right after church today. Praise God. And we're going to do it right here. And um, Deacon so-and-so is going to do everything. Nobody would show up. <laughs> but the funny part about it is Jesus told us specifically, if you, reign, if you suffer with me, you'll reign with me. You guys with me? I'm trying to teach us as Christians. I'm sorry about some of the words that you heard in your life about being blessed, being blessed. But I'm trying to tell you, being a Christian requires suffering. So prepare your hearts. Sometimes we get so caught up with our roles and hard times and suffering that we get tied up with just regular life. And if we get so tied up with, in life, how can we please the one who has given us a place in God's family? Yeah. It's all about pleasing God, isn't it? Amen. So you know what I need to tell you? Prepare your heart. Second Timothy 2, 3, and 4 says this. Endure suffering along with me. Well, I'm sitting here giving you my testimony about waking up in the morning and I'm shaking all the time and I forget things and it's a little dizzy, all this, and that's suffering. God said, guess what? Well, there's other saints that are suffering too, so we all need to suffer together. There's people in here right now that are suffering by, in silence by themselves. Come on. But there's a family of God. He says, look, look if you're going to suffer, you might as well suffer with some other people. Suffer with somebody else. You would sit down and go, yeah, yeah, you think you're, you're bad. I got all this. I got, I got bunion. I got bunion stuff. I got all kinds. My knees are bad. I can't lose this last 10 pounds. And the person says, well, I can't lose 20. And both my toes got bunions. So you guys can sit down and tell each other's uh, <laughs> suffering. Watch this. But then you know what? After you're done complaining to each other, you need to do what the Bible says and get, share your complaints to the Lord. I'm preaching good, Pastor. Thank you. I appreciate that. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. That officer is Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul was trying to tell Timothy, he's like, look, there are going to be some hard times in life. Amen. There's going to be some heart troubles, kidney troubles. Stomach issues, mental issues, emotional issues. There's going to be some trouble, but guess what? You need to prepare your heart. <laughs> Have you guys ever had to prepare for something? Uh, let me make it a little bit more plain. The statement prepare your heart means to get ready for something difficult to face in life. Like getting ready for work. Can I get an amen? Getting ready for the gym. Yeah, there was only two people. Praise God. You don't go to the gym. I understand it. Where's Brother James at? He knows. He knows what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. Getting ready to see your children go out on their own. You have to prepare your heart for that, don't you? you that don't just prepare for a year. That's prepare.
preparing preparation <laughs> proper preparation prevents no no i'm not going to do all the peas but i'm just trying to tell you all those those years getting ready for your your kids to leave all those years you sitting down i'm like looking at my daughter and i'm like ooh i'm not ready for this i got to prepare my heart i do not i'm not i don't even want to think about my wife walk, i mean my daughter walking down the aisle becoming somebody's wife i'd have to prepare my heart for something terrible sometimes but I've come here to tell you today something very important prepare your heart I know you're busy and the journey has been long and you're tired and your lack of sleep has robbed you of joy but prepare your heart (laughs) trials and tribulations press on every side prepare your heart sickness pain hurt leave you a tra- in a trail of tears but guess what prepare your heart you may feel like a failure feel feel like nobody sees you your trophy case is empty nobody's patted you on the back but you still got to prepare your heart when the money isn't there and you're broke as a dope <laughs> you better prepare your heart <laughs> Don't get tied up in in civilian affairs. Friends, preparing your heart sometimes is difficult for you to do, but it's something necessary to complete the mission of God for us. Because I'm telling you, the same way I had a heart transplant, we've all had a heart transplant. We've been so distracted of the cares of this world and the troubles and riches of life that we forgot about the mission that we have here on earth. There has been a mission given to all of us here at TBCF, and that is a new heart for evangelism. See, that's the people I'm like, wait, wait a minute, what you mean? No, 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 no. God said he's given me a new heart for evangelism, a new heart to reach the lost. So guess what? Prepare your heart. Matthew 28 and 19 says this, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God has given us a new heart for this mission. God gave us a new heart for this mission. Right now, you're sitting there going, I don't really feel that mission right now. I I think my mission here is to serve um, at, at the greeters. No, no, no. God has given us a new heart for evangelism. And for this mission, we need to be like the prophet Jake and Elwood. You guys know the prophet Jake and Elwood? You You don't know who that is? The prophet Jake and Elwood Blues. They had a mission, y'all. They had a mission from God. If anybody in here that's over 30 knows this movie, <laughs> it just hit me. I'm like, oh, I'm showing my age. Because <laughs> some of y'all looking like, I, I've, never, I've never seen those pastors before. <laughs> the main, name of the movie is Blues Brothers. Go look it up after the playoffs today, amen? After the playoffs. But we're on a mission from God. This mission that God gave us, this new heart, is the mission, and that mission is evangelism. Praise God. 
Now, listen, this is something else. I love movies. I like to talk about movies and everything else like that. But I remember, remember watching these movies, a bunch of different movies called Mission Impossible. You guys know Mission Impossible? There's a main character, and his name was Ethan Hunt. I wish I had the music playing at the time. Dun, 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 was a part of the IMF, which was the, the um, impossible mission force. And every time he had a mission to Ethan, he would receive this message from the IMF, and it would start out just like this. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. You guys remember that? Back in the old time, it was a, a, it was a tape recorder. Some of you guys don't know what a tape recorder is. But it had two little reels on it. It's about this big. And you would hit the play button, and what happened, it would start going, and he would say, your mission, your mission, should you choose to accept it. (laughs) Your mission, if you choose to accept it. And then he would go on and start whatever. So listen, listen, I have to say something. I need you to see this, and it says, your mission, should you accept it. In that statement, it says, your mission. This means one thing. This mission has already been given to you. It's now yours. The statement was, your mission, if you choose to accept it. It's already yours. It's just up to you whether you accept it or not. Come on, somebody. So there's been a mission that's been given to us as a church, but it's up to you to accept it. And with that mission, there's going to be some trials and some tribulations, some hurt and some pain, some hard times are going to come and all those things, but you still got to stick with mission. When I was in the army, we used to always have marching orders. That's what it'd be. Here's your marching orders. We got any veterans in the house? Praise. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, we're not going to say nothing about any Air Force. But anyway. Anyway. When we were given a mission, we would go out and do that mission. And during the mission, people would get hurt or killed. But no matter what, you still had to stay on mission. Come on, somebody. Your friend next to you might get hurt. He's gone, but you still got to go. When people die, the mission is the the main goal. The main goal is the main goal. Some of y'all young people know me. Say it, Jericho. The main goal is the main goal. The mission is what's important. Listen, right now, saints, I'm just telling you right now, there are going to be some people that are going to fall off going to this mission. Some people are going to get hurt and not stay on mission. Some people are going to get killed. Some are going to die. But the mission must remain. The mission must keep be completed. You can't just stop for a minute and go, well, just let me stop and pause for a minute because I'm, I'm a little triggered right now because my friend isn't coming with me. And I, I got to, you know, you know, don't, oh, please don't use those words. Um, you know, so um, please. No, uh, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. My friend died spiritually. He just went off. I don't know where he's at. He might be a Hebrew Islamer. I, I don't know what he is. I don't know. Maybe he's Jehovah Witness. I don't know. But I, let me go. Look, I know the mission is going, but I need to go over here and pray Jesus and lay hands on. No, you've been given a mission. 
Keep going. Keep moving. Pressing. Pressing to the higher calling of Jesus Christ. You will lose some friends. So prepare your heart. The same way I had to prepare my heart to be fixed, I had to mentally and physically prepare what was, the, what was next to come. I just want to let you guys know, I didn't just get a new heart, but when I got the new heart, you guys ever get a brand new car and you're so excited about it, you get home, two days later, it's, you guess, what, what is that noise? Y'all, somebody, it ever happened to you? Actually, let's say, not a new car, a used car. Nobody else caught that. You get a new, you get a used car. And man, it's great. Woo, happy, enjoying their life. Yeah, let's go. You start driving all of a sudden. You're excited, but now you need to go get that heart fixed. It's still a new car to you, but you can't take it back. So now you got to get it fixed. That's what happened with my heart. I didn't get a brand new heart. I got to use heart. But guess what happened? They came up to me and go, hey, uh, we gave you this new heart, but uh, yeah, we got to fix it. <laughs> so praise God, I had to mentally prepare. I was like, is there anything else we can do? Is there some pills I can take? It's something, I don't know. Somebody splash some oil or something on me. I don't know. I just don't want you to go back into this scar because, you know, just I don't want them going back in. And, and then next, you know, they said, no, we got to go back in and fix it. We, I had to mentally and physically prepare for what was next. So TBCF, I'm here to tell you guys, prepare your hearts for what's to be next. Be prepared to be uncomfortable, uneasy, upset, troubled, anxious, and worried. Mm, it's like, God, it's, Pastor, it's not a deep, no, nah, it's too much for me. I'm worried already listening to what you're saying. But I'm going to tell you, don't be worried. Let not your hearts be troubled. <laughs> believe in God, but also believe in me. 1 Peter 3 and 15 says this, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Mm. Maybe I should say sometimes be prepared. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. That's another meaty scripture. I just wanted to tell you, all you guys in here that want to sit down and debate about scripture and all that stuff, just stop. That's not a good witness to anybody. You shouldn't do it. Praise God. It got quiet. And I know some of y'all in here sitting here saying, look, okay, Pastor, that was a great scripture. It says always be prepared. But I, I want to be honest with you. Um, I'm not prepared. <laughs> Anybody in here prepared? I'm, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but I'm just going to help you guys. You know, sometimes we just ain't prepared. And some of y'all are saying, Pastor, uh, I'm not prepared. How am I going to know? How, can you guys help me? Can you teach me how to, to, to share the word of God with somebody, to, to walk up to him and say, hey, do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Is he, is he in your life? Can I pray for you? 
Just like, can you guys help me that? You guys want some help with that? Anybody want help with that? Okay, okay. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Well, since you guys asked, I'm, I'm very excited about what's coming up with, with TBCF because God's given us that mission. And this is the mission. We told you about the mission is we have a new heart for evangelism. So guess what's coming up next? You guys, it's really exciting. We are about to do another growth group, and it's a growth group for the whole church. You know, usually we have different growth groups, but this one's going to be for everybody at the same time. And we're going to do it. Me and Pastor Kai are going to do this growth group, and it's all about evangelism. Man. Oh, come on, somebody. The reason why it's exciting, because listen, we've been lied to about what evangelism is. And I don't want to tell you about it because I want you guys to come to the classes because, look, God has given us an assignment. All he's trying to do right now is wake us up and be aware of our surroundings. You don't realize that at your job, you have a mission field right around your job. You ain't got to be like the dude that stands up and be like, you repent. For your sin. God hasn't called you to do it. There is a place for those people. Yes. But you yourself, you don't have to get up and sit and, and memorize thousands of scriptures. You know what evangelism is? Evangelism is. Hey, man, what you doing today after, after lunch? Why don't you come over to my house and let's watch the game? Ooh, something like, wait, what? That's, that's evangelism? Yeah, because what I want to do is I don't want to talk about my life. I want you to see my life. I want you to see how when I get upset. I want you to see all that. That's what evangelism is. So listen, you guys, that's just a, a shameless plug that I want to give to you guys for you guys to come. It's going to be on Tuesdays. It's Tuesdays, I believe. And, and we'll, we'll, it'll be more on, on the app if you guys downloaded it. <laughs> Amen. But you know, sometimes for some of us, we, we, we're afraid to share our faith, especially during this time, right? Because that's how the media portrays it. And it makes us even more, because, man, if, if I say praise God, then some, my boss is going to look at me crazy. I'm going to get fired. So now you got to watch what you say. You don't have to watch what you say. You just be who you are. You guys with me with that? Because, you know, in your faults, in your shortcomings, your isms and schisms, all those things, allow lights God to, God's light to shine out of you so that he could see your good works. You guys, you guys hear me with that. In the fact, many times we don't live any way that is noticeably different than those that are around us. Amen? I think I talked about this last week. Because if, you know, if you're with your friends and you start acting like your friends and you ain't say, seeing anything different, then they're looking at you like, I can come over and watch the game, but did you even inject any Christ in there? I mean, <laughs> did, I don't even see a cross up in your house. I don't see scripture, nothing in your See, no. But if Christ is really central in our lives, it sh we should reflect that. Amen? Because God has reached out to us. He revealed his power to save us. And he's shown us uh, the focus of his people through Christ Jesus. We must respond by faith. By looking to him as our central focus of our lives. To turn around and to evangelize with people around us. Now don't get me wrong. We are going to be evangelizing just our friends and, and, and people around us at work. But we are going to go out and knock on doors. Amen. And I'm, I'm, you know, people are like, Pastor, you know, you shouldn't be talking about these people, but I am going to talk about them. But anyway, the Jehovah Witnesses, they ain't ashamed of their religion. For some reason, we, we are. 
They can go up and set up everything in, in, in different stores, in front of stores, and everywhere else. But what are we doing? That's a question. True Christianity without Christ is not Christianity at all. It makes our, our lives powerless and without direction. Without direction, we get distracted. When we get distracted, we lose focus. And when you lose your focus, you fix your eyes on things that, you don't, that don't even matter to your mission. Don't forget, y'all, we're on a mission from God. Now, how many people here can testify that if it had not been for the goodness of God that's been shown through their life and this church, your life, your marriage, your job, your career, your business would have not been blessed. Amen? But somewhere in our Christian life, we have taken our eyes off the mission and we didn't prepare our hearts. Have you ever put some meat out from the freezer to sit down to thaw? Anybody ever done that? You guys, hopefully you guys, yeah, you ain't just McDonald's people, right? But you know, you get meat from out of the freezer, you go set it down, maybe you set it down, maybe you just put it in the refrigerator, but you might set it out so it'll thaw, and then when you set it out to thaw, maybe you kind of forget about it for a couple days. You know what happens to that meat? It gets stank nasty. You looking around in the garbage trying to figure out, what is that smell? It's the nasty meat you left on the counter. Nasty. <laughs> but on con in contrast, when you take meat out and you let it thaw out, you don't season the meat right away because it's still hard. When you brought the meat out, right? It's frozen. You don't start seasoning the meat when it's frozen, right? You got to wait for the meat, the meat to thaw and get soft. And then you take the, what you take, seasoning. Oh, come on, somebody that's been on 21 days of fasting. Mm. Yes, hallelujah. When you take the season on the meat and you rub it on the meat, praise God. You season the meat. I, I, let me pause for a minute just real quick. I, I, I got to get Pentecostal on you guys. I, I need to tell somebody in here today, there is a difference between seasoning and seasoned. Oh, come on, somebody. I, I, I need a witness that knows that when you have seasoning on the outside, it might taste okay, but when something is seasoned on the inside, it tastes so much better. Come on. Yeah, seasoning is what's on the outside. It's just seasoning, but what's on the inside, the meat is, is, is that's another message, right? Is it just another message? Okay, okay, okay. But, but, but the meat, once the meat is prepared, it needs to sit and make sure that all the seasoning on the outside gets into the inside. Next time, it's, it, it, next, you know what happens? Once it's, it's set, once the, season gets, the seasoning gets inside, guess what's time for? It's time to put it in the oven oh oh lord mm, mm, mm. you could you could smell what's what's happening <laughs> it's like, mm, then you, you start preparing your heart what's about to happen right <laughs> let me break this analogy down for you guys real quick i'm gonna break this analogy down the same way jesus did in the bible he says when we when we when we repent god took you from out of a cold world of sin and placed you in the family of god you were still cold and wasn't able to receive the word of God. You had and you heard the word, but the word was in your head and 
not in your heart because you were still stiff. You were still hard and you had the word in your head, but not in your heart. But after a while, the word started to change you. I think they call that now you become a seasoned Christian. I'm I'm, I'm with you. Oh, yes. Mm. The word begins to challenge you, chastise you, change you, challenge you. And after all that uh, preparation, it's time for you to go in the fire. Oh, see, we didn't. Oh, he. Oh, that part I didn't like. That part. Let's go back to the season. Mm, Yes, the season. Do you guys realize that you, you, I don't care what kind of cut of meat it is, how much you season it, how long it's been soaked, how long it's been marinated. At the end of the day, if you eat that meat before it goes in the fire, it's going to be nasty. And guess what else? It's going to make you sick. Once it's done being seasoned, it must go into the fire. And once it's done in the fire, now it's ready to be eaten of. Woo! Most of us don't want to evangelize because honestly, we don't know how to evangelize. You want to be seasoned. Seasoned. Some of you guys sitting there, but... Yeah, I, I, I see now, you know, Pastor, you're preaching and you're saying, yeah, I, I want to evangelize. God's told me that I need to be evangelized, but I don't know what to say. But Mark 13, 11 says this. Don't worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak, but whatever is given to you in that hour to speak, speak that. For it is not you who speaks, but it is the Holy Ghost. I wish somebody would just get a clap for that. Have you ever sat down for about five hours and tried to contemplate what you're about to say to somebody? Okay, okay, I'm going to use this scripture, and then I'm going to try to move it in this way, and then I'm doing it. So you're doing that on your power and not on the power of God. You just come in as an empty vessel, and when you come in as an empty vessel, you allow God to come in you, and all of a sudden you start saying stuff like, oh, that was... You walk away, evangelize somebody, they're walking away. Don't worry about what God just did because you want to look at him. Just do what you're supposed to do. And then you go around and say, God, look at, look at God. Did I say that? But it's a heart to evangelize. We want to evangelize our children. We want to evangelize our friends. We want to evangelize all of our family members. By the way that we live, not by what we say as far as scripture goes. It's about how we live. A bunch of words on a Bible, and I love the Bible. It's the living word, but at the same time, unless you receive the word as the word, it's just a book. It's just a novel to some people. And you can, you can recite it, but it doesn't have power at that time. Because you have to get all of them. When you see, when you see the, the written word, yes. And then you take the written word, and then you put that written word inside of you. And then when you after that, you have the spoken word. When you put all three together, then that's when there's power. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But that's how we are able to make people disciples and turn around. But before the disciples, they got to be evangelized. Yeah. As I close. And that's just the way that a pastor usually says, we got about another 20 minutes. As my first close, and then second close, and then we have third close. Amen. Soldiers don't get tired.
tied up in the affairs of civilian life. When a soldier is on mission, they aren't concerned about going home. They're not concerned about what's for dinner, who's running for president. They're not concerned about the the shooting that just happened. They're not concerned about any of that. They're not concerned about who's unfriended me on Instagram and on Facebook. We need to let our light shine before men that they may see our, our good works that will glorify our Father in heaven. Now that you have accepted this mission and have prepared your heart, God has entrusted us with a little, and now he wants us to be rulers of much. Amen. God's trusting this church. We've had a little, but now God's entrusting us with more. And I'm not talking about more like having a whole bunch of people. He's entrusting us with the gospel. Full of the gospel. And that's something. He's given us a lot. He's So far, we, we say, yes, Lord, thank you. But he's about to give you a whole lot more to open up your lives to those around you. Amen. I want to be more faithful with the much as we were with the little. So we are going to make a, a, a point to respond to this need. Remember, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. Let me ask you guys something. Where in the Bible does God tell us to set down the gospel for anything else? God doesn't tell you to set the gospel down. You're supposed to carry it with you. Hide it in your heart that you might not sin against God. Good soldiers don't allow allow themselves to get distracted Sometimes we have to reassemble, regroup, refocus to stay on task to complete the mission and please the one that enlisted us into his army. So today, hoy es tu oportunidad de ser parte de la vision. Today's your opportunity to be a part of God's vision. To bring faith, hope, love, and have real relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I just want to thank, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, and I know it sounds weird, but I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you guys for coming to church today. I thank you for being a part of God's house. I want to thank you because you don't even know, you don't even know what, how you've been used today. You don't even know. You might not even see it on this side of earth. But maybe sometimes somebody here, you might, sometimes you look at somebody and give them a smile. And I might just cheer them up. You, you don't know how God is going to use you. So I just want to thank you for coming to the house of God and communing with God, worshiping God by being with his people. Amen. Amen.